a fun in-person money conversation with Raina Pomeroy, where she shares the key of her money confidence in episode 91. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome back. And we're also have been getting a great stream of new listeners. So if you are new to this podcast, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot. I have been loving seeing the growth and I have you to thank for that. And also just so we are all on the same page, there are two more episodes after this one. So we'll be wrapping up this season with episode 93, which airs March 16th, and we will take a break and come back all refreshed on April 6th with episode 94. Now, in that two-week period, you have a couple options. You can catch up on those episodes that you haven't listened to, or next week, I'll be sure to give you some action items for those that want some bonus points uh, that you can do during that time. And I've also had some questions on the Fearless Money Sisterhood, a monthly membership program. Uh, As you know, enrollment is closed, but for those of you who are interested for the next time, go ahead and put yourself on the notification list over at jenhempill.com forward slash interested, and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Now, spoiler alert, if you didn't catch that with the introduction, This conversation is actually in person. Raina and myself were both at a podcasting conference called the DC Podfest last year. So several months ago, it was recorded months ago, but it is a good one. So I don't want you to miss out on this one. She is just a breath of fresh air. So what you will learn in today's episode is what her parents' love language was for her and what she discovered in time why she felt guilty having three jobs and at the same time being in 20 college credit hours of classes, what exactly her and her husband butted heads on early on in their marriage in terms of their their money and what she discovered that has helped her boost her money confidence over time. So let me share a little bit about Raina Pomeroy. Raina is the owner and founder of Raina & Company, the life and business success coaching practice for creatives who are right-brained and heart-centered. She helps clients stop spinning their wheels and take action on what's most important. She's a certified professional co-active coach with over a thousand hours of coaching under her belt. Raina also co-hosts the Creative Empire podcast, where she interviews leaders in the creative industry. She is based in Washington, D.C., hence why we met, (laughs) but her clients and creative entrepreneur community live all over the globe. You can find Raina's work featured on Brent & Co., The Huffington Post, HoneyBook, Forbes Top Podcast for Entrepreneurs, The Rising Tide Society, and Best Friends for Frosting. I know you'll enjoy this conversation, so let's do this thing, shall we? 
Welcome, Reina, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am excited to have you here and connect. And actually, we are currently at DC PodFest, so I'm ready to get to know you. I'm so excited for this. Thanks for having me. So, Reina, I want to take me back in time. So if you could take us back in time as to how you grew up and with money. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> so I would say that my family is relatively well off. My dad's a corporate attorney and we lived in a really nice part of town um, in Southern California. And I always joked in college that I... My parents had money, but I, I never had money. <laughs> but um, yeah, we lived in a really nice neighborhood. I never had to really fundraise for anything like that. I, they let me travel quite a bit. But they were also kind of stingy with money. They okay. had a lot of money, but they kind of had their way of being frugal. And so even though we never struggled, there was always this, I don't know, I have a lot of money stories from that, just, you know, not knowing exactly where it was going to come from and like how, how it would actually pan out. So I would say that if there were big investments that needed to be made, you know, the house being fixed or cars being bought or whatever, those things would always get taken care of. So I never worried about things, but it's like, oh, you're, you're going to need to buy a whole new cheerleading wardrobe or whatever. And I knew that was going to be taken care of stuff like that. But one of the things that's really interesting, and I've done a lot of money mindset work recently, is around the fact that my parents' love language for me was gifts, mm. that they love through gifts. And um, that was really interesting to, to realize that that was the case, um, because I don't think that's my love language. So the way that <laughs> what I is receive, your love language then? Uh, quality time. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Quality time. Yes. So I, I don't know if that like answers your question at all. But. No, it does. I know it takes me back when I was growing up and I'll never, ever forget this. We were going through some financial hard times where we had just moved to the U.S. And my, my mom was still in Colombia. We were in the U.S. My dad was trying to struggle with finding a job. And he sat my brother and I down and because he had two, op, two options of a job. So he said, asked us, would you like to have more money and less of me? Or would you like to have more of me and less money? Wow. And he involved us in that decision-making process. That's incredible. Which, and of course, we were like, uh, we want more of you. Because our mom was not there. And that was really important. So that's why I was just curious. When you yeah. said quality time, that definitely resonated. So you mentioned parents were well off. Uh, you mentioned you felt the parents were stingy. Did they have any money conversations with you? Did they sit <laughs> you down uh, and tell you what you needed to do with money? Or tell us about that. No, they didn't. So okay. I, I, I always felt secure. I always knew that I was going to get taken care of. And there was always that safety net that people talk about. So I never did anything risky because I think they're generally risk averse. But at, at the same time, I knew that if... If push came to shove, they would bail me out, essentially. But um, they never really... They did talk about budgeting a little bit, but it, I think it was like really basic, and I didn't get an updated lesson when I was in high school. But um, we got a very small allowance. Um, we got to do you know, fun things and stuff like that. But I really... After I left for college, I felt like I was on my own island. I worked three jobs... And Goodness. And college? In college. Oh I had goodness. 20 credits and I had three jobs. I was a lifeguard. I was a, a t 
TA for a Japanese class, and I worked retail. And so, like, really hustling. And retail. Retail, and yeah. And that's a lot of hours in itself. Yep. And I closed the store every single Thursday, Friday nights, um, and then, like, worked throughout the day whenever and I had And 20 hours of... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I was hustling my butt off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's where I get my entrepreneur hustle, that I really am relentless on on working hard for the things that I want. And one of the things that I learned, too, in college was that, you know, a lot of kids had, um, they were going into debt to go to college and all this stuff. And I knew that my parents were going to be able to pay for my college, at least my college, not my master's, but my college degree. And I felt a huge amount of pressure from that privilege that... I felt badly that all these other kids around me were having to work. And I I worked because I wanted to, not because I had to. And felt like I was in a different class. And I felt like (laughs) just like guilt from all of the fact the just the fact that I had a lot of privilege in that way. So I wanted to prove myself and like the the fact that I could work really, really hard just like they could. And like to a fault, I think. (laughs) Because it was like my friends never saw me. I never went out. I was really boring in college and, you know, had a lot of jobs and worked really hard. So, so in college you hustled like nobody's business Yeah. and tell us, cause in college was typical is getting out that credit card. Did you yeah. do any of that or tell us how you managed your money? Because basically from what I get is your parents helped. So that yeah. wasn't really a worry, mm-hmm. but you felt like you were privileged. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had quite a bit of money just because I was able to, you know, kind of pile together all that money that I was bringing in from those random jobs. But I also, that was like for me to be able to prove that I can do it. And I probably could have been a little bit more fiscally conservative, but I like spent money because I was in the middle of Indiana. There's nothing else to do. What part of Indiana? At Richmond. I went to a teeny tiny school called Earlham. It's a Quaker school. I went to an Indiana school. Oh, I did went you? to Purdue though. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. On yeah. the other side of the state. So yeah, it's just kind of a random thing, but I don't know. College years were interesting because I didn't spend a lot of you know money going out. I didn't spend a lot of money like on housing or anything like that. And, um, I just hustled my butt off and had quite a bit of money saved up when I left Good. Yeah, college. Awesome. So let's transition. You graduated high school, went through college, hustled. So I know you're married, have yeah. a child. Tell us a little bit of the transition into marriage. So your husband grew up, I'm sure, completely differently yeah. than you. So how tra- the transition to marriage and managing money, were there the conversations is, was it difficult at first? How has that evolved over the years? Yeah. So it's really interesting because my husband is a Marine. And so his unit always had these briefings about money and this is how you do personal finances. I'm sure you relate, right? Yes. Um, and so I didn't really know much about the Marine Corps then. And I really learned very quickly from the froze and whatnot. <laughs> that, like you had to talk about money. And so we talked credit score, we talked budgeting. He looked at my bank account. I looked at his bank account and like, we didn't lie to each other, <laughs> which was really important. Yes. And, you know, I really advise that for any of my friends who are younger um, <laughs> to actually look at each other's finances. But, um, yeah, I think we just had lots of honest conversations about where our priorities were and how we spend. I think a lot of the headbutting came from the ways that I spend money versus the ways that he spends money. And I don't know, like things are different when you're married. Things are different when you're I don't know, dating, looking to get married, I guess, um, and deciding that that was a step that you wanted to take. So some of the things that we had uh, uh, butt heads about were like 
how much do we want to actually spend on groceries versus going out? And do I actually want to cook? Or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, that kind of translates not, not only in money, but like the way that you live life. So the Absolutely. lifestyle stuff. Absolutely. So take us through maybe a 30 day span of how you both manage your personal finances. Mm -hmm. Is he in charge? Are you in charge? How do you divvy up the, you mean now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, now I deal with all of my business expenses and I have a bookkeeper for that. And for our personal finances, my husband and I get together last Sunday of every single month, right before our mortgages do, we pull, he has this like crazy method. I don't really understand it, but he <laughs> literally pulls every single line item of our bank statements, our credit card statements, and then matches them up. It's a magical process. I don't know how he does it. So can't tell you about all that. But basically we put all of our things are on credit cards, but we know that they're going to get paid that month. And so we, I think we have like four credit cards, three plus the target card, which is a debit card, which I love. 5% <laughs> off guys. This is important. Um, yeah. So we pay everything off at the end of the month and part of the money goes to savings, part of it goes to emergency and my business pays for a part of our budget as well. Okay. And what would you say has been the best money you've spent? Oh man, that's hard. I think the best money I've spent two things. So one is traveling back to Japan. So my family now lives in Japan. So it's an investment to fly oh, over. Absolutely. It's like $10,000 <laughs> to, to be over there for a couple of weeks. But you know, flight and with three people is a lot of money. It adds up. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you know with like international travel, it's yes. a lot of money. So, yes. so there's that. And then I think the other part is just making the decision to start this business and investing in my business has been a really important decision. It's been a couple different ones, right? So I did coach training and that was a big investment. And then um, my education in general has been a big investment. And then paying for my son's daycare once I was out of work to go back to like starting a business was a big decision. And I think it's paid off. Awesome. And how about the worst money you've spent? We oh, man. all have that. Uh, every week when I go to Target, <laughs> I was is that Target? Is that the worst? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that like just spending frivolously. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. In all ages of life that I've done, um, and I live in a small house now. And I've always lived in kind of a small house and I'm like, why do I need all this crap? I don't. And so I'm trying to be mindful, but it's still like a practice daily oh, to not buy everything that I think I want. It's always a process and a journey <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I'm better when I have a goal. So right now my business is saving, you know, $35,000 to build a school with pencils of promise. So awesome. Yeah. And I'm really uh, grateful for that opportunity. And the fact that Adrian Dorison was like, you can do this. This is not a five-year goal. This is like a year and a half goal. And I'm really on track for that. We started in April. Beautiful. It's now, what are we, November and we're about 30% in and like, yes, I can't contribute as much to the household now, but that's a, that's a priority that I'm setting in place that we are going to build this school and I'm grateful for that opportunity. So beautiful. Yeah, so thanks. beautiful. Serena, you've spoken with a great project, Pencils of Promise, and I want to hear more about your business here because I know you are killing it. You've been in business. <laughs> well, it's, it's official on the Her Money Matters podcast. You're killing it. Thank so you. you've been in business for about a year and a half. So tell us about your journey um, with the business Tell us, because I know, because I've listened to you, I think is on Adrian's podcast, you have 
an official day that I think is important where you focus on your finances. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, I guess this was twofold question, a little bit about the involvement of your business and how you manage uh, your business finances. Sure. So you might have to remind me of the second question because I feel like I'm about to ramble. Fine. So <laughs> my business journey has been really interesting. I started in April. No. Uh, like March-ish of 2014, no, 2015. Gosh, I'm forgetting my years. Um, (laughs) I started my business April 1st of 2015. And it was really a windy path because I was a part-time mom, part-time, like, stay-at-home mom. You have a little one. Yeah, he was like one and a half. So it was really a tough time and I couldn't couldn't afford to put him in daycare. And then I got a a part-time research and... um, consulting position for a business consultancy and I had such a blast doing it I had no idea I had any gift for it but it was the the path for me to put my son in daycare um, it was the investment that I couldn't make without having you know somebody kind of subsidizing it so I'm grateful for that job so if you are still part-time in your you know business or you're wanting to start one like don't put all the pressure on starting your business. Go get that part-time job to kind of finance that. And so that was one of the best decisions I've made. Um, and put my son in daycare and really hustled my butt off for the first couple months. Invested in an, uh, a couple different things, branding and um, my coaching training, for sure. That was a big investment. And really just went from there. I had a pretty basic website that I had designed, launched that. And within a couple months, I was fully booked, which was insane so amazing like who does that happen to (laughs) so and then i filled my uh filled my group coaching program by the end of that year and ever since i've been pretty full in my coaching practice that's awesome so that brings obviously income so tell us a little bit about how you manage your business finances uh and maybe I know you have a day. My CEO day. Yeah. Yes. So tell so us about So I, I did not always have this system, but at the beginning I had a lot of expenses going out, but not a lot of revenue coming in. So I just like did it, like tracked it in a, a spreadsheet. And once the, the line items became more and more frequent, I really did have to bring in a bookkeeper, but I was really resistant to that. I was like, can I, do I really need this or can I afford it? And it got to a point where I was like, I'm not even doing it anymore. So let me just outsource it. So I work with Amy Northard um, and she does all of She's my... She's been on the show Oh, too. I love her. She's so wonderful. But um, yeah, I really recommend working with her. And she just, just a joy because I don't have to do anything and I get my P&L every single month and um, I get to see how I'm doing in my business. And I just showed my um, recent P&L to my husband for the first time in business. He was like, you're actually making a profit. I was like... Yeah, I'm actually doing okay. So I think he was actually kind of surprised. But um, anyway, total random story. And um, for CEO days, basically, I look at my PL every single month and analyze how am I doing? Am I spending too much on certain things? Am I um, getting the return on the investment for the things that I am investing in? I have a, I have a team, and I'm proud of the team that I've built. But they are an investment, and. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that return on that investment? I really want to spend time at home and not worry about all the social media stuff or getting my blog up or all the things that I don't really love to do. And I feel like I am getting a uh, return, so I let it go. Right. And in terms of the other, like, 
forecasting and stuff like that, I'm not the best at, but I have people to help me with it. And I think that just knowing your numbers is really empowering just because you can decide, oh, am I going to take this course or am I going to invest in another coach or whatever that next step is? Am I going to hire another team member? And whether you have that leeway to do it or maybe you should be conservative right now and that's okay. Right. Perfect. Now you mentioned something a little earlier about bookkeeping. You hired Amy, but you had also mentioned that you were resistant to doing so. (laughs) So tell us what changed uh, because in business, especially starting off, you have to make those tough decisions of like, especially if your income is not consistent, right? Uh, You have to make those tough decisions. Do I invest in this now? Am I going to get that return immediately? So what, how did you decide Yeah, I decided that I needed to hire Amy when I realized I wasn't doing my numbers anymore. Like I hadn't done that spreadsheet the first couple months, but I hadn't been tracking it for a few months. I was like, oh my gosh, do I need to pay taxes this this quarter or not? Or I'm not sure. And um, I feel like when I don't know my numbers, I'm not as confident in my business. I don't know how much I'm spending. I don't know how much I'm making. And so knowing that somebody could give me that answer for, you know, a small investment, I was like, yes, confidence is worth that money. <laughs> Absolutely. And you touched on two points, confidence and then knowing your numbers. Yeah. And that's so key to not just business, but in your personal finances. Because you, you know the numbers, you're able to make a better decision. So I'm glad that yeah. you brought that up. I think I learned that in college when I used to literally write every single purchase down. Even though like, back, even even in 2006 or whatever, they had online bank statements. It was powerful for me to literally write every single Walmart purchase down. Every single, you know, bookstore purchase that, that I had. And it seemed really tedious and annoying for me at the time. But for me, it was a practice of this is how much you've put out. This is how much you've brought in. And to know that like the bank bank statement wasn't going to be negative was was a powerful one. And it's scary for some people, but you have to know where you're at to. Yeah, but I think it's scarier not to know. Yeah, some people. <laughs> oh, maybe it's, not. It's, right. Well, I mean, some people. It's just yeah. they don't want to know. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. So yeah, I'm never going to be you know negative, and so or I will always spend on credit cards, but I know that I have the money there. Like I will be able to pull it, pay it in full by the end of the month. So that's a good. I think that for me, my parents taught me that, and that's been a really good thing for me to have. I don't have a lot of debt for that reason. So tell us a last thing to just wrap it up. So why would you say her money matters because her money matters because when you are in control of your finances, you are empowered to make decisions. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Raina, for being on the show. I loved everything you have to say. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was such a weird conversation, but I'm so glad that we did it. (laughs) Money conversations can be weird, but they're necessary. So true. So true. Thanks so much for having me. So what did you think? Wasn't she so much fun? I absolutely loved how she was very into tracking her money. I know, you're probably surprised, aren't you? But I will talk to you more about that in a moment. First, I wanted to recognize someone in our community. As usual, I love doing our weekly shout out. And this weekly shout out goes to Carrie. Uh, She participated in our five-day budget reset challenge we had recently. And here was super special for me. She involved her husband in the challenge and had him sitting with her to watch the live streaming. How awesome is that? 
So I'm going to give you a podcasting high five, which means I'm going through your earbuds and giving you a high five. I don't know if that was a good explanation, but you know that you know what I mean. So in regards to her talking about tracking her money and how it gave her confidence. If you are one that tracking the money is either tedious, it's scary. If you fall in any of those boats, I hope that hearing her inspired you to do so because you notice she was extremely confident in her tone of voice. And when she talked about money, it was no different. When she spoke about how everything that they do, they charge on the credit card and they pay it off at the end of the month, right? They pay it all in full and she's confident that it's going to get done. She's confident that there's not going to be any debt. And how does she know that? Because she tracks her money. That's what they do. So I want to make sure that if you fall in that category of you're scared to look at the money or it's tedious, it's going to give you that confidence. And I can't stress that enough because I, I completely agree. I know that's how it is with me. I am confident uh, with our money. By all means, I track. Uh, it doesn't have to be, depending on what stage of your finances you are, at the beginning, it can be tedious, meaning you have to track the receipts, uh, figure out where all the pennies are going. But once you have that down, once you have uh, a better idea, because especially at the beginning, if you have no clue where any of that money is going to, just a general idea, it's going to be tedious, but that's going to get better over time because as you get a better picture, it's not going to be as much work. Okay. So track that money, know where that money is going. That's going to give you that confidence. That confidence is not, is going to do so many things for you. You're going to be able to talk money so much better. You're going to make better money decisions. You're going to be able to really soar at those financial goals because you're going to be confident. You're going to have a clearer head as to how you're going to get there. So I hope that was helpful for you. I wanted to make sure that I addressed that because I can't really stress enough how important it is to have a good money confidence. So if your money confidence is lower than a seven, take a step. Make sure you're tracking the money. Make sure you're doing what you need to be doing. Also, you can listen to podcasts, uh, read about personal finances. And also the other step to uh, increase money confidence is just taking action. It doesn't matter if it's uh, the wrong action and you didn't know that. You can make mistakes. That's completely okay. As long as you're trying, as long as you're getting out there, that's what I want for you is to take the action, some sort of action. Cause once you take that action, you're going to be more confident. Doesn't matter. Like maybe you make a mistake. Well, you just get back up and you take more action, right? Action is going to increase that confidence. And part of that action is tracking that money. So enough rambling from me <laughs> about that. I just wanted to stress that because I thought it was a very, very important topic to address really quickly is that money confidence. So just thinking about how you would rate your money confidence if it's less than a seven. Really, I would really like it to be an eight or more. What can you do to increase that confidence? Is it tracking that money? 
because tracking the money will definitely help you. Is it listening to uh, some podcasts? Is it uh, reading some uh, personal finance books or some blogs, something to get you more uh, knowledge on the matter? Any of those things, but take some action because I know you definitely can do this. So that is it for today's show. Also, don't forget, if you want to increase that money confidence, here's another thing that you can do is besides tracking the money and everything that I mentioned is sign up for the notification for next time doors open for my fearless money sisterhood program. And you can do that over at jenhempill.com forward slash interested. So next week on episode 92, it'll be just me. I'll be talking about something that has been on my mind lately and won't leave. (laughs) And that something is self-care. And it's something that really you have to look at for yourself. And I'll share my thoughts why it can be an uphill battle with your money if you don't address this area. So more on that next week in episode 92. I want to thank Raina for being so patient (laughs) with me and getting this episode out and for sharing such a wonderful story. It was really uh, just a joy to, to hear and talk to her. So to learn more about Raina, make sure that you go check her out over at RainaAndCo.com. You'll find that link in the show notes and the show notes you can find over at JenHempill.com forward slash 91. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will talk to you next Thursday. 